0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown here for you, actually on a Monday. Um, had a question this week about an MLB lockout, so Sean and I went into deep detail, I don't even think Sean expected it, about the MLB lockout. Didn't expect to talk MLB either, but we did nonetheless, probably the last time for a while. Following that, we talked college football, let Sean gush a little bit. After that, we talked NBA, and then we just chopped it up for a little bit, We will be back on Wednesday with an NFL Wednesday pod. Enjoy, guys.
1: to interrupt podcast we're here for episode 216 and tom we made it this week man no falling asleep it's all good we made it i put you through another late night one though how
0: you doing no worries man i am dialed i'm ready to go caught my second wind today um hey so I, i'm doing i'm good i stayed away from all comfortable uh objects i sat on the floor <laughs> in the house waiting <laughs> the, com-
1: the commitment is nothing short of beautiful
0: yeah. um but yeah, uh, I know you want to lead off with college football, but before sure. I forget it, I, I wanted to lead off with a quick question. Okay. Uh, it was a text from my other co host, who also happens to be a Ginger, who I believe you've met. I have. Um, Ryan Donahue, a.k.a. Dino Hype Red, a.k.a. Everready Oven, a.k.a. Red Dead Redemption. Um,. He wanted you to, being that we're not going to talk MLB for a while, he wanted you to kind of go into detail and explain what the lockout is. Because he was like, I don't even remember the last one because it was like 2011 and I didn't give a shit. And he was like, what does that mean? For the fans and just in general, so I thought it'd be good if you could give us, if you are prepared, which I figured you were, which is why I figured we could spring this on you during the podcast without asking you before, to give us a, uh, a breakdown in layman's terms because I understand it, but it's one of those things where like I, I understand it and I know what it means, but for me to explain it to somebody else might be a little, uh, a little clunky.
1: Not a problem. Well, Ryan, I'm here for you. Um, Tom, what we're doing with here is a work stoppage and the lockout was prompted by the owners. So th- it, what happens is if a collective bargaining agreement is not reached or, an, or if the current one expires and a new one is not reached no, I'm sorry to to, expiration.
0: I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. A collective yep. bargaining agreement, because we're breaking everything down here, is an agreement between basically any union and... The employer, this being the MLB Players Union and the owners, the thirty-two owners of the MLB, and uh, Rob Manfred right in the middle of it. So there's that.
1: There's that. So this collective this collective bargaining agreement expired on midnight uh, Wednesday into Thursday, and there was um, kind of a couple things that can happen when we reach a work. Stoppage. So if it's a lockout, that is when the owners lock the players out, which is what we saw today or this past week. So what we're currently in is a work stoppage, impromptu by a lockout. So the players, if you saw all the great avatars that some of the players now have on their Twitter pages, if you go to MLB.com, uh, all the players' faces are gotten rid of um, on MLB uh network they can't show any highlights of all that of players from this current season now what that does mean before i keep going into it real fast though is that teams can operate on minor league deals and their minor league system so if you see players being signed to free agent deals it's because they're signing minor league deals there can't be any affiliation between the players on the major league roster and anybody associated with team managers coaches general managers executives even trainers uh, and doctors, et cetera. So not good. Um, What we saw in 1994, uh, went into 1995, was a players' union strike. So they felt that the conditions that they were operating under were really, really bad. And in the middle of the season, it also happened in 1981, where we had two different seasons. There was a first half and a second half. 94, there was obviously no playoffs. And that was because the... The players were basically getting hosed left and right from the owners. Probably uh, why the ratings. Expos
0: are in uh, Washington now.
1: It's exactly why, um, and we saw back then that the there was just no competitive balance. And what we're seeing now, and why there hasn't been an agreement, is because the players want the the players union wants the owners to basically hand over their books and show them how much money's being spent. Because we see teams like the Baltimore Orioles who have a lesser payroll projected by opening day than max scherzer has um wow and with the tv rank with the tv ratings and the concessions and member or um, you know just everything that goes into being a team and how all much the revenue, we'll money it, it makes right all the revenue is being we're seeing we saw 1.6 billion dollars signed in that free agency frenzy a week ago but the great players the top tier players those are not the players suffering It's the mid-tier players, the pretty solid players who, in the past, were going to get pretty solid contracts or good money or at least have a job. We're seeing a lot of those free agents not signing until about spring training or so because there's about three or four teams every year that are intentionally trying to lose or claim that they don't have the money to sign these players to contracts. So there's no trust between the owners and the players, and it's an absolute bloodbath. So the reason why we are in a work stoppage is because the owners locked out the players, um, which basically takes away any of the freedom that the players have right now. Um, so now it's up to the up to the players union and Tony Clark to negotiate with Rob Manfred, who's on behalf of the other 30 owners um, that are all his bosses.
0: All right, so first things first, I got the number of teams wrong. I said 32. I got my NFL mixed up with my MLB there. Sorry about that, Ryan and the rest of the listeners. Aside from that, everything you said was great. The reason why there's a lockout is because the collective bargaining agreement was expired, essentially, which you said earlier. Uh, There is no agreement to play between the players and the, um, the players union and the owners. They don't have a contract right now, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, there's no contract. And there was
0: like a weird contract renewed because it was up at the end of the 2019 season, if I'm not mistaken. But then COVID hit and they had to do one on the fly. But then they said when 2022 season rolls around or 2021, I guess this is the end of their fiscal year. uh, We're not doing that again.
1: And we'll see, too, um, that this is... This happened simply because the players, you want to go back in history and realize why this has happened. The last CBA was signed, and the players got absolutely hosed. They got raw dog to the worst extent in their last negotiations. So a lot of why we see this tension and why we had the uncomfortability of listening to billionaires haggle with millionaires over money during a pandemic and why baseball only had a 60-game season, which again was instituted by... Uh, Rob Manfred there was no agreement between the players union and and the MLB that was simply Rob Manfred saying we're putting a 60 game in and here's how it's going to go um the players took an absolute bath their last time through so this has been a lot of pent-up frustration and you can tell and honestly see why we've bitched and moaned about it on this podcast plenty that you have players who basically are not getting signed because there's three or four teams every year not looking to actively sign free agents or be competitive at all thanks to the model that was instituted by the Chicago Cubs and the Houston Astros towards the early 2010s which basically we're going to tear it all down we're not going to spend any money, we're going to trade all our good players, we're going to accumulate assets we're going to watch our minor league system grow and then we're going to have we're going to be able to field a competitive team for years to come and then also Tom, you and I have talked about this too and why the oh, why the players feel like there's no there's no transparency between the owners is a lot of these owners you use the term liquid when we talked about a year or so ago about you know these owners a lot of them don't aren't nearly as wealthy as they claim to be and no. have no business owning major league baseball teams. So between COVID and a lot of them are damn near bankrupt. Before that, when you're talking right, cash only, right? They're not they're not able to spend. And you have situations like we had in the late 90s where there was really only three or four teams spending. It's better now, but it's still not where it needs to be, especially if you have a few teams that are intentionally trying to lose. So the competitive balance is all fucked up. There's a bunch of players who would be eligible for good contracts that teams are not giving out. And not to mention, the analytics have really fucked a lot of these players too because unless you are of the Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, Ilk, Max Scherzer, the analytics are are being shown to general managers and the general managers are going to their head of baseball ops and the owners and saying hey this guy's best years are behind him we're not going to give out a seven-year deal to a 31 year old who's maybe got three or four good years left as opposed to seven and we don't want to be stuck with the end of that contract a la baltimore with chris davis which cost them manny machado so again why do they have to choose between those two players well because they have no money but you should be able to keep your homegrown superstar, regardless of whether you give Chris Davis, who you're, who is making $20 million a year, despite not playing in the big leagues for the last few years. Um, and that just goes to show the poverty across the sport. So between poverty, between analytics, and just the, the absolute raw deal that the players took a couple of years ago, this was obviously a foregone conclusion. And that's why we're in this holding pattern right now.
0: Well, thank you for explaining that. Two things to come off of that is that um, we all remember, I think NHL had a lockout, but we're not a hockey pod, so it is what it is. No, but we,
1: yeah, we can look back on history. The entire 2004 season was canceled.
0: Yes. Um, And then looking more for our speed, the NBA lockout in 2011, the difference between that lockout and this lockout is, one, the players had a much better relationship, and the NFL had a lockout too. And their relationship with the owners is contentious
1: because... You can't compare the NFL to any of the other sports, though.
0: No, you can't. So comparing the MLB to the NBA, the NBA was in a much better position between the players and the owners to get a deal done because there was a better relationship there. And the second thing is that the NBA in 2011 and today is in a much better position just as a sport, growing the game-wise period to where... They can kind of rest on their laurels, whatever. If there's a lockout, there's still going to be money coming in. Look at China. Look at all these other countries that are interested in our sport. I mean, China alone, you could put the NBA in China tomorrow, and it'll still probably be the second most popular sport even in America. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like money-wise and whatnot. And and the MLB is not in that position. The MLB is in real trouble. They're losing eyes and market share by the day. It's a much more regionalized sport and a much more local sport um, than it ever was. I mean, come on. uh, The World Series, one of the games, was beat out by a random football game, if I don't remember, right?
1: Yeah, the Thursday Thursday night, the week that was following the last game of the World Series, Game 6, uh drew a higher number than game six or any of the games and like the we
0: game all know six. that thursday night games are usually the worst games of the of the nfl week
1: yeah it just goes to show what the monster the nfl is and tom i'm going to kind of take what you were saying before and i'm just going to run with one thing is although we're not a hockey pod everybody knows that we don't have to pretend but from from everybody that i know especially you know who loves hockey i do listen to the michael k show don McGregor, one of the hosts he's a huge hockey guy and and they're saying at the time in which that lockout came, there was so the sport was in such a horrible place. The rules were bad. There wasn't any consistency between comparing previous eras to the one they were in. It was stale, it was losing huh. fans. You had fan bases of teams who knew their teams couldn't spend any money. You had owners like the Islanders got an owner who literally didn't even have any money and that somehow got passed through the board of governors for him to get the Islanders. They were talking about being moved to some other location. The expansion was poor. So basically where we're at with the MLB is where hockey was back 20 years ago, which is huh. a declining fan base, a much more regionalized sport, teams that don't have really any money, that can't field you know, competitive teams. And rules and just the game flow, that's not appealing to anybody if you're trying to get them into the sport. I mean, we, we will watch baseball forever, but it's, it's like pulling teeth sometimes with how bad it is. And it's, like, we've said it before, and it's not trying to be hyperbolic. The, the sport is, I don't know if it's fully broken, but it's, it's breaking and it's breaking fast. And this is why we are where we are. The new CBA has to have a completely new set of rules, maybe a new playoff uh, idea, more more ways to innovate to get fans into it without killing the structure of the sport. Um, because right now, from just a competitive standpoint and just from being able to have the appeal to throw on a game if it's not your favorite team, it's really hard to do. I, I never, Tom, unless it's a great postseason matchup, I never watch other regular season baseball games, and I'm a baseball junkie.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's become tough on these Monday rundowns to even talk about other teams because it's like before a pod, it's like, shit, i got to go brush up and watch some highlights and and look at some numbers of, uh, I don't know, the Milwaukee Brewers or the Kansas City Royals because, Jesus Christ, I haven't watched that team in a month. The only reason why I even know an inkling of anything sometimes is because of fantasy baseball.
1: Exactly, and that's not even a huge thing. And I don't know how huge it could be. Fantasy football's kind of on its own, but I mean you look at the NBA time. Forever that was a regionalized sport. And yes, you had your monsters that were the Lakers and the Celtics, and you had the Jordan era Bulls. People weren't really Bulls fans, they were Jordan fans that latched onto the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But everybody had their team. Now more people just have players. But look at what the NBA's done. I mean, R.I.P. to David Stern, but he helped grow the sport tremendously you mentioned their outreach internationally and what it's done particularly in china you have great import of foreign players coming over here every single year you got luca you got porzingis was a top three pick all up and down the line you've got just the appeal most of the teams are good the talent even on the worst teams there's one or two players that you want to watch and they're very noticeable. In baseball, this was the perfect year. You had Shohei Otani, who was doing things that literally haven't been done in 100-plus years, and there's a far there's a huge amount of the population that didn't even watch a single Angels game this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and, and it's like the MLB, I feel like, is stuck in the 90s, and they're waiting for another fucking steroid era or something to come about. Um and, and they they dip their foot halfway in the water on everything. I mean, the rules changes. When it comes to gambling, I mean, the NFL gambling was always there. But the NBA has gone balls deep. Half of the commercials I see, probably more, are DraftKings, FanDuel. I mean, they're, they're, they're major sponsors. And then the MLB is just sitting here like, that's something that the MLB totally needs to embrace because I think – you know heavy gambling on the MLB would totally change how games are watched and the amount of eyes on the game like every social media just player personalities everything is 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 Tony La Russa running this league I mean Jesus Christ
1: No I mean it's Tom it, I think you make a lot of good points there because it's a sport that traditionally has been incredibly stubborn They've looked at themselves kind of as church. They have this most high and America's pastime. Look at themselves, the America's pastime.
0: I mean, all these sports. The thing is, all these sports have have traditions, but it's like too many players are running into the field goal post because it's it's at the front of the end zone. We should probably put it in the back. Um, you know what I mean? Like fucking uh, this three point line in the ABA is pretty cool. You know, like
1: yeah, that worked out pretty well, right? Yeah,
0: I mean now you have Steph Curry. I I mean, oh, like uh, look at college basketball. Like uh, it's pretty cool to see Dr. J dunking warm ups, isn't it? Maybe we should let him do it in the game.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And baseball was kind of getting that because I mean the summer of '98 and and the Maguire and Sosa race was really what brought the sport back and now you see home runs i mean we complain about joey gallo you know he hits 40 home runs a year strikes out 200 times walks 108 times and that's literally his game and the problem is is that the analytics that are basically held as you know basically the bible now in scripture is being looked at and that is a (laughs) <laughs> the analytics talk about how great of a player he is
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that yeah, is, meanwhile that we is see so... we see
0: him go over four with three strikeouts and a double play and it's like i mean i get it at the end of the season those numbers are gonna be there but i mean there was like since the yankees traded for him there was one moment that i remember when he hit that high pop-up home run to, right. to send them ahead against i don't even remember who and that was it and I get it. He plays gold glove defense and all this other stuff, but it's just like uh, at some point it's like we need, we need some excitement in the game.
1: You need some excitement in the game, and things that used to be excited, exciting, home runs and dominant pitching. Tribbles. You know, you think back we had right now. I mean, we would love to have players that hit in the 290s and 300s and drive in 65, 70 runs but make things happen. And those players are just not getting. The and that's jobs. why. They're and that's why
0: that I was. Before. That's why I was slamming the table for DJ here because the guy hits yep. 25 home runs and 100 RBIs and whatever, and it's just like you don't see that anymore, and it's now such a another, weapon.
1: It's it's a huge weapon. So that's on the field product. And I wanted to use one last, you know, pretty emphatic statement, Tom, to just wrap this whole thing up because we went down the rabbit hole. We might as well get all the way through. Mm-hmm. There's no trust from the fans about the relationship between the MLB and the MLBPA, right? Oh, because I mean, it's, it's, everything's it's a, being aired out. It's so, a contentious
0: I, triangle of, of re- relationship here.
1: So let me read this to you. And we did not talk about this on the Monday rundown or on our full pod last week. I think we just had so much to get into. But mm-hmm. there was a, there's a report that surfaced 10 days ago. In the midst of this free agent frenzy, that without telling the players, the MLB used two different kinds of baseballs this year. Now, baseball uses MLB uses Rawlings that, and um, that is that company is owned by the MLB, so they can basically do whatever the fuck they want. Now, remember, we had that insane influx of home runs in like 2018 and 2019, where guys like Lemayhu were hitting like 25 bombs a year. That traditionally never hit more than like in the teens even when he played in colorado Mm -hmm. and and you had verlander talking about how the seams weren't right and listen i've thrown hundreds of thousands of pitches in my lifetime and i know this ball is different don't tell me it's not and then heading into this year we saw a precipitous decline and we talked about the spin rate and the garrett cole with the spider tack. and in the middle of the season Baseball said, well, you can't do that anymore. You have three weeks to get rid of it. And that forced Howard Glass now, the ace pitcher on the Rays, a pitcher who's must-watch TV if you're a baseball nerd, he got fucked up because he was used to throwing with spider tack, which had never been illegal before, and now he is, he's out with Tommy John. And we saw Garrett Cole start getting hit. You can't, just, you can't tell your players to do that. That's like in the NBA saying, hey, by the way, I know you guys are used to this ball. Uh, you have two weeks to get used to the new one. Um, so... Just want to let you know, we're in football being like, hey, I know we were using Wilson. Uh, we're going to go to a different brand, uh, and it's week 14. I know some of you guys are in playoff contention, but that's too bad. Your I mean, that's like essentially,
0: that's essentially a piece of equipment. That's like telling uh, the wide receivers, like, okay, no more gloves. Or, or telling a, a basketball player, like, uh, yeah, no no more headbands or some shit like that. Like From
1: Business Insider, a new report says the league used two different balls last season. Now, wrench has been thrown into the conversation. A new report by Business Insider accuses the league of using two different baseballs throughout the 2021 season without the knowledge of players or teams.
0: Unfortunately, I don't think there's any grounds for legal recourse here, being that MLB owns Rawlings and they can do whatever the hell they want. But I mean, that shit ain't right. I mean, that's so. And the players clearly like Verlander now. I mean, of course. You can tell the difference just if you throw baseball a lot.
1: And if you saw the first half, the first two or three months, there was basically no offense at all. And you had these pitchers who were pitching with a little bit of foreign substance that were just dominating hitters at a record rate. I mean, strikeouts had never been higher. And baseball was hearing that it was Wow, the product really sucks. The fans are terribly bored of watching. There were six no hitters, Tom, mm-hmm. in like the first three and a half months. Like Wade Miley threw one. Like no offense to Wade Miley, but uh, Spencer Turnbull. I mean, there were guys we'd never heard of that were spinning no hitters and hit. And batters were saying like, "Hey, you can't. There is no chance of us being able to hit the ball." So basically, like, "Oh shit, we're losing, we're losing popularity here. The game, the product sucks. Well, let's get rid of it. Well, now you're fucking over." players from your players union who already don't trust you so within the span of a few years you have one elevated base team baseball that's creating all these home runs and fans are complaining about how it's offensive onslaught and there's no pitching then you change it within a year but then there's still foreign substance going on not to mention tom all of this shit comes on the heel of easily the biggest scandal since the 2019 Black Sox scandal with the Houston Astros 19, 19. that was given a slap on the fucking wrist. So the fans don't trust Manfred. The players don't trust Manfred and the owners. The owners don't think that they're doing anything wrong and that the players are greedy and that the players have to deal with the change of the times, the equipment's being changed technologies way ahead of the minds of the players and the and coaches in the dugout. It, it's a complete. When you look at this from a 360 degree view, it's a complete and utter clusterfuck.
0: <sighs> I mean, you can't be surprised by any of it, but it's, it's bullshit. It's, it's all bullshit. It's awful. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing, uh, trying to explain to guys like Ryan, like, you know, he's obviously fired up to have the Grom, and he's a Mets fan, and to have scherzer and i we were playing golf and i'm just like yeah we'll see if they play this year
1: shit i'm gonna i'm gonna come out and say this and and i know you're gonna agree with me we kind of joked about it on the pod during covid when baseball easily could have been the first sport back and because of their bitching and moaning and inability to see eye to eye or make any semblance of a compromise when hundreds of thousands of people were dying we were saying whatever just just play right we want to just see these guys play tom if it's if we get a repeat of what the nhl went through in 04 and to where that sport went and became and obviously we're not talking about a seismic shift that's always a sport that's more of a niche sport than anything else but you could make the argument that that's what baseball is if we have to miss and sacrifice an entire season to get all of these problems rectified, so that we never have it happen again, and we talk in 2023 that baseballs is good to watch and fun to watch it as ever been before, I'm willing to make that sacrifice.
0: I mean, listen, I, I absolutely am too. I'm, I, you know, I'm. That's a pipe dream, though, and I'm not confident given the two parties and how far apart they are and how inept the MLB is. Not the MLB PA, necessarily. I think they're in lockstep with the fans, but how inept Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred are at solving that. thats That's my concern, bro, is that... I mean, yeah. If all the problems are fixed and the NHL seems like it's a healthy sport right now, it is a very niche sport, but it's come back from that 2004 lockout, um, and I think they're they're doing okay. If they if the MLB can come back and do something like that on a larger scale, because it still is a more popular sport, great. I just I'm not confident that that'll happen. I think. Twenty twenty three rolls around and the players want to play because they want to get paid and and they run it back and there's some bullshit deal on the table for however many years and and unfortunately we're seeing what we have right now because I think the MLB's gone too far left to turn around and go back right.
1: Yeah, and that is the that is the biggest fear and what because I'm there has
0: to be for. some like fucking major major fixes here. I, I, it's not just like the commissioner can come in and say, all right. Uh, runner on second, that's gone, um, and and you know it's a universal DH and, and throw his hands up and mic drop. Like there's there's got to be major adjustments. I mean, they need to like completely change the game without changing the game.
1: A hundred percent, very well said. And that's again just as important as it is. That's just the on field. Yeah, schematic. that's
0: the tip of the iceberg.
1: You need to repair the relationship that fans once had with this sport i mean the sport has gone through some really tough times i mean it almost went under after the black Sox scandal uh they repaired that but again they they've hit lightning in the bottle right i mean right after that they have babe ruth who's doing things that's never this is all luck though that's the thing right but then and and then they manufactured what happened after the 94 strike nobody cares how great the yankees were it was home run, the chicks dig the lawn ball, right? Like, that was... Look the the other way, at steroids. Look the other way, at steroids, and then punish them for taking them, even though Bud Sealy was very well aware that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. But they needed attendance, and they needed TV deals, so they got them, um, and then turned around and bit them in the ass and said, well, we can't vote for them in the Hall of Fame. You still have this flux of old, grumpy, get-off-my-lawn baseball writers who you know, wouldn't vote Derek Jeter in because there had never been a unanimous Hall of Famer before. So why can't, so we can't do it now. You can't vote somebody who used foreign substances in, you know, into the Hall of Fame, despite happily putting racists and people who were, you know, charged of crimes and and different levels of abuse and just, they're happy. They're fine with that. But if you took a steroid or an amphetamine, nope, nope, we can't have that. That's that's breaking the sacred ground that is the MLB Hall of Fame, which is really just a fucking museum. You have Rob Manfred who's then saying that, well, you know, he called the World Series trophy a piece of metal when everybody was pissed that the Astros World Series wasn't going to get vacated. I mean, this is, there is no love lost, and I'm just going to close with this, Tom, and I know you're going to agree with me on this. I am so fucking sick of other fans. I don't want to label the demographic. I think everybody knows who I'm talking about blaming the players this is their livelihood without their product and their skill set this sport doesn't exist I why so many people are happy to side with billionaires over millionaires who are the product it, it absolutely will never make sense to me this is not the player's fault This is a system that was irreparably broken. You can't come back from it in a few days, in a few conversations, but please, for the love of God, the fans that side with the owners as if the players are the reason why we're not getting your precious distraction for three hours a day. Give me a fucking break.
0: Yeah, man. There's a lot, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. I completely agree with you and, uh, I don't know. It starts at the top, man, and uh, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to to be able to open up the books. Um, it does set a precedent, though, in a capitalistic uh, economy. When you privately own something, you shouldn't, you know what I mean? But, I mean, given that... But they're, that,
1: they're the ones saying they have no money.
0: True. Yeah, and so, that's like, the That's thing. what I would be doing. If like, you have I'm no the money, work. then file for bankruptcy and sell the team.
1: Exactly and Tom like that's so true. I mean we both work jobs where you know we're, we're working for somebody who's saying hey, we can only afford to pay you X amount, right? So let's take my job for a quick example. I work as for a contracting company I work for a company called Exos. They're a health fitness company that contracts out to these major companies So I'm working at Samsung's site. I'm not a Samsung employee, but I work for Exos. Well Samsung pays Exos X amount of month per X amount of money per month which is supposed to cover everything that the fitness center and that our entire program is in charge of right which is also paying their employees so if we're being told that our contract is this per year this per month and then my company comes at me with a low ball offer when i ask for a raise and say hey i'd like more rate i'd like more money here's what i've done here's my performance reviews this that and the third and they say well we can't afford to pay you anymore And me knowing damn well that everything from a business standpoint for Mexos is good. And everything from the business standpoint of Samsung is doing really well. I don't understand why I'm not making more. And I'm going to say, well, Hey, tell me how much you're, tell me how much you're spending on this. Tell me why you can't pay me this. That's what the players are saying. You're saying how much money you lost during COVID because there were no fans in the stands, no concessions, nobody buying apparel and gear at the store, a team store. Okay, fine. You still have a multi-billion-dollar TV company, or you know that's paying, helping pay your revenues and your radio deals and all that. Tell me how much money you lost, and then oh, and then there's some kind of at least relationship there and trust for the owners just to refuse. Yeah, that's sketchy, bro.
0: Well, give me your boss's email, and I'll send this podcast to them in case you're. I mean, this is a new job, but when you're ready for a raise,
1: I can send this over <laughs> uh, over to them. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with my with my situation right now. But if I were seriously though, like I would I would want I would expect that. I mean, especially I don't even have to know the exact figure, but I know the relationship and the inner workings of of the business. Just like the players are very well aware of the intricacies and of that, the business.
0: And that's the problem though is that is that unfortunately, Sean, when you go and ask for a raise, and if you did that, which I don't think you would, they. They have every right to tell you to go fuck yourself, basically. Unfortunately.
1: No, and, and that's exactly right. But you know, to to again, my what I'm doing in my career and my job is not nearly to the extent of you're not the product, man. Import. You're not and the that's product. What I was just gonna say, like, they can hire somebody else tomorrow, and who's willing to work for whatever amount of money, and I and they can tell me to go fuck myself if I'm not happy. Yeah, you can't do in that baseball, to Shohei Otani. No, but that is what happened in 94. Yeah. The, play, the, the player said, oh, well, fuck you then, because there was no trust there. So they said, well, then we're not playing. We're not standing for this. And baseball's union is super strong. Forget just sports. It's one of the strongest unions in the world. So they're not going to settle for getting dragged across the coals like they got in their last negotiations. So this is this is going to take a long time, and I hope there's baseball in 2022. I want to go back to bitching and moaning about why the Yankees haven't done anything, but in a long-winded way, I, I think you and I laid everything out pretty well as to describe why we're in the predicament we're in and don't well, necessarily expect a resolution super soon.
0: No, and, and unfortunately, it starts at the top, and... Some of these owners straight up are broke. Um, not like fucking ramen noodles broke, but they they can't afford the teams that they that they own. And
1: and do you know why that ha- why that's the case, real fast, Tom?
0: Because of Bud Selig letting yeah, his buddies fucking go. buy teams <laughs> and shit. Yeah.
1: Yep. Exactly. I mean, I, I would what love do. to I just see. I wanted you to tell the audience. Yes,
0: I I would love to see more. Um, I guess it's more of a gimmick with the Patrick Mahomes owning a team or whatever, but like more ownership groups like Magic Johnson and whatever coming in. But, you know, as you can see with uh, the Sterling thing in the NBA and then the, the guy who had Jeans Fridays in Carolina, um, I forgot his name, it's super hard to get rid of owners. I mean, it's almost unprecedented. Aside from Sterling, they've never really... You know, in, from my recent memory, been able to just get rid of an owner. I mean, even the Carolina Panthers owner left on his own volition, like on, on his own accord. He he yep. wasn't forced. He left because he was embarrassed and old. So it's 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 a terrible situation to be in. It really is. And Bud Selick, honestly, I hate to say it, is he dead? No. Okay, good then. Fuck him, because he did <laughs> a hell of a lot more harm than he did good.
1: And he was the
0: person that
1: that pushed so hard for Manfred to get the job.
0: Mm hmm. Who was inept as well.
1: And, and because he doesn't have a tie to baseball, he's a lawyer. He's not a baseball guy. No. I mean, whatever about C League, at least, at he, least he owned the, the team and whatever. Right, exactly. There's nothing there. And that's why you get the stupid, asinine comments of, oh, it's just a piece of metal. Oh, I'm sorry then. You know, I'm basically just telling my product, you know, enjoy the chase. Give up your lives. Put your entire career at the forefront uh, to go win a championship that really, in hindsight, doesn't really matter. And, hey, fans who pay millions upon millions of dollars for subscriptions and for tickets and for everything, it doesn't really matter. It's just a piece of metal, right? I mean, and then just putting the slap on the wrist of the Houston Astros. I mean that pissed off so many players in the players' union. Even if they were the contemporaries, there was more that could have been done. Obviously, what it did to the fans, it it, it sent shell shock all the way through twenty nine other fan bases. Uh, you know, minds is just you can't you can't undersell how bad this entire situation is, from on the field to off the field and behind the scenes. Has been over the last few years, um, and the worst thing is, is that the product is so bad that you have people like us who are baseball nerds and junkies saying, "Yeah, we're happy to forfeit a season if it means that you get better." Because the way this is going, yes. it's just getting worse. Strongest. Yep. Because Very if strong. somebody asked, if somebody asked you, Tom, like this is a serious question, if I if I didn't know anything about baseball and I on occasion would watch it, and I had a best friend. Who who really loved it, and I say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna to try to get into this this year, and I'm gonna be serious. I'm gonna get the MLB TV app. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch teams. I'm gonna download some podcasts. I'm gonna I'm gonna do all of that. I'm gonna invest my time. Why should I do that? What's what makes baseball so great, Tom?
0: Dude, I have a real life situation like this. One of my best friends in the world. I swear to God, every three years is like. I'm going to get into the Yankees this year. Fucking buys the hat, has, you know, buys a fucking jersey. He's like, I'm watching every game this year. And then I, he asked me questions and why do they do this, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's it, there's no explanation. It's, you know, at least with basketball, you can be like, oh, it's a fast paced game, back and forth. You know the best athletes on the planet. Football. You don't have to say anything. It's you know most games, one score games. Everything's down to the wire. Even even if it's Minnesota and fucking Detroit, which fucked me this week. I mean, it, it, the the product sells itself. Baseball. It's just like it's fucked. Everything's fucked. And, and honestly, to put a bow on it, because we're talking about a sport that's in a lockout right now. Baseball's fucked. The owners, the owners, the f- and and the fans and the players all hate each other and. We're in a terrible position and I, and I don't see it coming back anytime soon, especially with this news about the baseball, which to people on the outside who don't follow the sport, it's like, oh, what's a big deal or whatever. But like you said, I mean, you know, if if I told you that you had to go into work and everything completely changed with no fucking no preparation, then you'd probably be pretty upset about it as well. So
1: that's yep, it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the last thing, too, like, I, I thought he was doing it to troll, but like, see, Frenchie sent me a text the other day that was so, it was such a good question. And he was, hey, it's so cool to see all this, like, movement on the free agent market. He's like, why doesn't baseball ever do this? Like, why are the be- why are there great players signing in spring training? Like, a few years ago when Machado and Harper signed, like, right before spring training. Mm-hmm. And I literally was like, I don't know. It, like, I don't, I don't know he's like you know it would be so great for somebody who's not really into it like me to see these big names that i've obviously heard of and they're all signing within this period i mean we we talk about it all the time the nfl and the nba off seasons are sometimes in a lot of cases more exciting than the in season because it's not like nfl free agency starts and it's like well you know maybe in august uh you know aaron Rodgers will sign
0: yeah no it's, it's, like, it's usually pretty quick know. there
1: and NBA too. So I I know what team the best players are gonna go play for within the span of two or three days. And there's a whole slew of you're you're getting as a fan of a team, you're seeing your entire roster come together. And in the MLB, it's like, Oh what are the Yankees gonna do? Are they gonna go get a shortstop? Well these three guys came off the board and there's no real time in which you're gonna know that. And then, you know, a cold January day you could be like Hey, the Yankees signed DJ LeMahieu and signed Corey Kluber. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. What's next? And we'll tell you in four weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's honestly, there's really nothing good uh, about the game right now.
1: There isn't, but I hope that helps, Ryan. I hope that discussion
0: helps. <laughs> I didn't know. What, yeah, Ryan probably didn't know he was going to send us into a 41 uh, minute tangent, but here we are.
1: Hey man, this is why this is why we're 216 episodes in.
0: Yes, sir, because we like to talk. <laughs> um, well, we know our shit too. Yes. Um, all right, moving on. Let's talk about a sport that's being played and that's pretty popular: um, college football. My friend, we'll start mm-hmm. off with uh, clearly you put it here in the notes because you wanted to start off with this. You're probably itching. <laughs> uh, the SEC championship game. Um, I should have fucking known man I should have known
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Alabama beats and I like how you have the one, number one next to Alabama already fuck <laughs> well,
1: well, the rankings came out yesterday I, so. know, I know
0: Alabama beats Georgia 41-24 to and your quarterback is now the Heisman easily what a game man
1: hey i was right there with you last week i I predicted georgia to win i mean georgia's defense was playing at at an unbelievably high level I, i didn't feel good at all about what bama did in auburn despite that last drive by bryce young i didn't have any real reason to think over a 60 minute game that that alabama was going to be able to win this game and they didn't run the ball very well. Their defense was very stingy, but like you said, Bryce Young solidified the Heisman. He he was unbelievable, 26 of 44, 421 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And you just can't – you can never count out Saban, and he's just got his old assistant Kirby Smart's number. I mean, I obviously took great Bryce Young from Bama. Uh, John Mechie tore his ACL, so he's out for the college football playoff, which sucks. Uh, but I took more out of Georgia in this game, Tom, and I was thinking about it, and I wonder what you think. Obviously, you're the college football expert now. <laughs> I Georgia didn't really play anybody great this year, did they? Their closest and probably the best opponent that they played was either Florida, where they played in that neutral site that you love, or when they played Clemson the first game of the season and won like 10-3.
0: Yeah, I mean they they didn't really play anybody and, and people have been saying that all year, but it's like oh they gotta be number one just because of the uh, the difference in scores of every single game and their defense is so dominant. And guess what? In this game their defense wasn't dominant and their offense showed a hell of a lot of weaknesses. And their quarterback well, that, had to deer he had the deer in the headlights look the entire game.
1: I knew and it's funny when you when you declare the the biggest gap and advantage for one team over the other in a matchup to be quarterback that should be awesome why you would pick the team with the best quarterback but what i thought was bama's defense has not been super good they've given up a lot of plays and have had a hard time getting off the field at times their offensive line has been a sieve and georgia just gets after the quarterback and the bama running game i mean williams is good but it, it's not Robinson is good but it's not nearly what it was in years past yeah and you're asking a, you're asking a, a, a first year starting quarterback to go in and basically just win the game on his own that's a tough task to to ask for so I, I understood the favoring of Georgia in this game despite how good Bryce Young is yeah, I mean,
0: I think it had everything to do with the fact that it was a freshman quarterback and that Georgia defense looked for real. But, again, they didn't play anybody. And now I'm starting to really second-guess everything I think about Georgia. And, and I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you. We're, we're going to talk about the first-round matchups here, but I already bet Alabama to win it all. I'm just hedging. It's so
1: funny. I'm yeah, hedging. I, it's, just, it's just so funny because leading up to this game, it was just so unimpressive, and yeah, we talked about them winning, but you didn't hear any, like, real excitement from me. I mean, let's review. They, they should have beat L- – they should have – they easily could have lost to LSU in Tuscaloosa. If LSU had a quarterback, they win that game. They barely beat Arkansas. They can't stop Arkansas's offense for shit, and they have to score in the 40s to win that game.
0: Barely beat Auburn, too. Yeah.
1: And then they they were losing to Auburn for 58 minutes. so
0: That's Saban for you, though.
1: Being, but all of that being said, there was no reason to feel super optimistic unless you're just buying into the Saban drinking the Saban Kool-Aid, which is a smart thing to do. But also, hey, every not every team is the same. And we have seen Bama teams get run off the field by some better teams in the past. Remember what Ezekiel Elliott did to them. Uh, in the in the first college football playoff, but I was I was obviously ecstatic about this game and and Bryce Young. I mean, he's just special, dude.
0: He definitely is, and I'll tell you what. I understand that they've lost to some teams that that were better than them, but I, I think I'm going to put Sabin Saban right up there with Belichick and Brady Patriots. Where uh, until my eyes. And LeBron was there, too, for a long time. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to happen this year just because he's getting older and Anthony Davis looks like shit um, and the rest of that team doesn't know how to play defense or play with each other. But with that being said, he's up there with that. I, I need to see it before I before I doubt it.
1: Yeah, and it's just incredible. The, the in-game adjustments that he makes are, are just – they're Belichickian. <laughs> they, you just you just see how they approach. It'd be cool if he
0: could do game, that in the NFL, in, like not like hey, a
1: little he bitch. Doesn't, he, doesn't, eh, he doesn't have to. <laughs> a little bitch, too, for never leaving uh, college basketball, but we still talk about how great he is. Um, Agreed. So, hey, it, it was obviously a very pleasant surprise, and, and both of these teams will have a chance to meet again uh, for the college football championship because – georgia obviously with this being their only loss got in and tom moving on down to the big 10 if there was any hangover that michigan might have felt uh from the ohio state win i think they got that out of their system during the week because they just this wasn't this was not a game
0: no turn it off after after they went up by two scores um i mean iowa they had a great defense this year or what we thought was a great defense but their offense sucks finally um our guy Harbaugh was able to do it, and they look like—dare I say it—the best team in the country right now, given who they've played.
1: Well, let's table this for when we go over the when we give the seedings, because I I think it's a very fair conversation. And just to wrap up, the AAC obviously Cincinnati held up their end of the bargain. They're in. They Thank beat 35-20. to thirty-five twenty. Uh, it was a little touch and go there for a little bit. Houston's a good team; they finished at twenty-one, um, but that's a damn good team. And, and Cincinnati, I mean, they have an NFL quarterback and Desmond Ritter, and a really good running game, and their defense is Great tremendous. Coach. And they got in, and a phenomenal coach and Fickle. And Tom, I know this game doesn't have anything to do with the big with the college football playoff, but I just want to say that Big Twelve game was tremendous. And if you didn't see the final play of that game, that the safety on Baylor made to hold Oklahoma State. About a yard or two shy oh, of taking pain, the lead and winning. Man. One of the greatest individual plays to end a game I've seen in a long time. And it was just, it wasn't great from a competitive standpoint. Teams were kind of just pissing away opportunities. It was really about who was going to make the mistake that cost them the game more so than who was going to make the play to win the game. Mm-hmm. But it turned out to be the play that won the game. That was a really fun way to start Championship Saturday.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. Um, and obviously that game mattered at the time, but then once Alabama won, it didn't really matter at all. I was hoping the pokes got in there, even though Gundy's on my shit list for being an asshole. Um, but, you know, that. listen, if you're going to win the, the Big 12 championship, you got to score more than 16 points. Um, and, and it was like 21-3 for three quarters. So,
1: Dude, the quarterback threw four picks.
0: I know. and and the, and the Baylor quarterback was shredding them to start the game, too. And they're Freshman. supposed to be, and they're supposed to be. Oklahoma State has like a top three, four defense in the country.
1: Yeah, and they they turned it up in the second half, but at that point it was like you said, oh, little too little, too late. Because mm-hmm. the first half of Baylor, they were clicking on all cylinders and obviously capitalizing on just mistake after mistake by by Oklahoma State. But anyway, Tom, we do have a set college football playoff bracket. We have number one Alabama against number four Cincinnati and number two Michigan against number three Georgia. How do you feel about the rankings? Do you think that they were appropriately seated? Do you want to maybe make the case for Michigan being one, or are you okay with this?
0: No, I'm good with it. The way Alabama just took apart the best team in the country, uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I don't know. Michigan probably would have had to win 80-3 uh, to three in order to be number one <laughs> there because Alabama, what they did to Georgia. Um, listen, you know I hate Alabama, probably because you're a fan of them, but they definitely deserve to get in.
1: That's um, 90% of the reason, I'm sure.
0: Yes. Um, they definitely deserve to be number one. They're going to play Cincinnati. Um, what's the spread on this game, Sean? Uh, it, let me guess first. I'm going to say Alabama by
1: 17.5. Well, I didn't see it. So I'm going to type in here odds oh, for both games. Let's see. I don't know. Uh, 17 and a half, that probably sounds right. Um, <laughs>
0: this is good podcasting.
1: <laughs> this is really good podcasting. Um, I will say this real fast, though, as I look for it. I I very much am fine with Bama, obviously, at one, but I thought that you could make a case for Michigan. They, they were so, so dominant in the horseshoe, and I was impressed with just the level of offense that they played at because they've not been a team that's known for offense it's at all so to, to do that i think they actually have a chance to to do something special in this college football playoff because if you're going to be if you're going to be playing alabama in all likelihood you're gonna have to put some points together so
0: alabama favored by 13 yeah, and just a half gonna
1: get it 13 and a half there it is yep um all right
0: sean yeah your reverse psychology is bullshit um
1: it's not and I that's mean, all I, I'm going to say. I don't see a reason like it's not definitive for me. I mean, I think like you said it will, maybe I don't think 42 to 3 or 80 to 3 matters. You beat the number 1 team in the country for if you're Alabama that matters, but you could make a case that the way Ohio State was playing, they were also in contention for playing as well as any team in the country and they beat them on the road. Yeah. So, but obviously, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I, I think what was finally nice was there was no real big controversy. And I'm happy for Cincinnati. I don't care what the result in this game is. This Whatever Cincinnati does should not be a deterrent for any other non-Power 5 conference team to get in in future years. Cincinnati earned it. They deserved it. And they deserve to you know have whatever fate is is at their hands in this game.
0: All right, so give me a winner in the one-versus-four matchup.
1: Yeah, it's it's Alabama.
0: (laughs) Alabama. Uh, And I think they cover that spread, too. Um, Moving on to the 2-3 matchup, in my opinion, and probably yours, a more interesting game. Number two, Michigan, against number three, Georgia. Georgia is favored by eight and a half in this game. Surprised?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, good. I am a little
0: surprised, too, given that, I mean, Georgia's defense got so much respect uh, with a weak schedule, and then they go and play a real team and they get s- just kicked in the teeth. Um, I thought it would be maybe a four-and-a-half point spread. Um, but the way I've been gambling lately, uh, it's it, you know, Georgia will cover that in a heartbeat. <laughs>
1: it's been a rough run. Um,
0: it's been a rough second half of the football season.
1: This game is is very, very interesting to me. Both defenses are great. Georgia's not going to have to deal with Bryce Young at quarterback, and if it hasn't been Bryce Young, their defense has been dominant um, and creating a lot of turnovers. Stetson Bennett's made pointing plays. I just think the SEC overall is always better, Um, so I'll take Georgia. But, man, I don't feel great about it because Michigan, every time I doubt them, they, they've been great this year.
0: My heart wants to take Michigan, but my head says Georgia, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's an SEC championship rematch, um, and Alabama's going to win again.
1: I guess that's the way we got to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Want to talk some NBA? First Let's of all, go by NBA. the way, before we, go into, before we go into NBA, I wanted to clean this up too. You were listing all the things that Lincoln Riley got. Um, uh-huh. in order to go to USC, which was, 110 million dollars. Yep. Unlimited use of the private jet. Yep. For him and, and his the family, house. they also bought him a 6.4 million dollar house. And you forgot to mention the fact that they had to buy both of his houses for 500 thousand dollars each, over asking price in Norman, Oklahoma.
1: Rats. Well, that sucks that I missed that.
0: That's crazy, dude.
1: It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. Well, they got their guy. You can't, you can't criticize them for going out and getting their guy.
0: Hey, those were his terms, I guess.
1: By the way, how did you like uh, Brian Kelly's new, newfound Southern accent?
0: He's from like New Hampshire.
1: He's from Boston. Ba- He's like right outside of Boston. Did you hear that? By the way, when he addressed the fans at the basketball game?
0: I was like, don't say y'all, don't say y'all. <laughs> Please
1: yeah, he don't. He didn't say y'all, but he somehow dropped a family.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: like as if he's from the swamps outside of the campus. Like, what a fraud he is. Yeah, I yeah mean, all I, he's
0: got to do is win games, bro.
1: Of course, but that's just something you don't need to do. Like, everybody from there knows you are not – you have nothing – Anything close to resembling what a what an accent is in Louisiana. So. Well,
0: you as an Alabama native, you know accents well.
1: Alabama native. <laughs> yeah, I've been in Texas a year now, but uh, outside of a few yalls. It's <sighs> It's not coming out. Cringeworthy. Too much. Have a little and pride, know, being from close I don't to the even, city, no, dude. I don't even notice it. That's the problem because everybody says it, mm. especially everybody from here. So you're just saying you don't even think about it, but I catch yeah. myself enough where you're like, yeah, just.
0: Yeah, it that's why I don't even notice it when I tell somebody to go fuck themselves or, yeah, or suck really my dick cute. or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it just it just happens, <laughs> just comes right?
0: out. Hey, I'm from New York. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's I. I have had it up almost that to, to the brim with uh, with my patience for the drivers down here, though. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, well, not that everybody knows. Re- not, re- I, re- I just wait until it snows again, bro.
1: Oh, I'm God, sure yeah. it's a hell. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I know one thing. We're not going to be prepared for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think you ever just, will.
1: No, not one bit. Let's talk some NBA, Tom.
0: NBA Blazers fire their GM. Uh, what's next? Do they blow it up, or do they trade C.J. for Ben Simmons? That's the question. And by blow it up, I mean they trade Dame.
1: Right. Well, the rumors out of Portland that came today, I'm sure you saw it flash across your Bleacher Report, is that Dame wants to play with Simmons. They better make that happen real fast. Now, we don't know if that's true or just speculation, Mm -hmm. but uh, what, what do you think they do?
0: I think this team desperately needs a shakeup. I mean, Chauncey Billups himself called out the team and said that they weren't playing hard, essentially, um, saying, like, I wish the, the starters would play like the bench guys and give us a little little something. Um, I, I think that they if they want to hold on. There's, a, there's only some – first of all, I, I understand Dame has not been having as good of a year as he has in the past, and that started with the Olympics. Um, but that being said, I still think he's probably a top, what, seven player in the league. Sure. And he's pro- and if you build it right around him, he's the best player on a championship team. Um I think you gotta go for Simmons. To I mean, and, and it's not like you're trading for an old, you know, thirty-three year old superstar here. The guy's twenty five, changes scenery, and and he's gonna be able to do what he loves to do. Which is well, not have to shoot.
1: We've we've viewed this match for for potential trade for for two trading parties really since the beginning of the off season when it looked like Simmons and Philly were done and, and it's obvious to me for the reasons that you just said he fits like a glove there you put him alongside Dame Dame's defense has never been that great mm-hmm. Simmons takes over that he can take the pressure off Dame handling the ball and, and Dame goes into full takeover Mode now you'd probably be able to get a, a player like Maxi back in return too, who's a really nice player. I think it's obvious that this this Portland experiment ha- is, is done. So if you're going to try to keep your best player and not completely blow it up, you, you do what makes you do what he wants. Yeah, we might
0: have started this shitstorm last week when we said it. I, I think it's time for them to blow it up, um, either in a small way or a big way. Who's the best team in the West, my friend? I think it's the Suns. I think they're deeper than the Warriors and they just have better ancillary players like Ayton and, and Bridges. Who's taken a step. I mean, we said this last week, even though the Warriors snapped that streak.
1: Well, we got two of these matchups last week, which was awesome. Tuesday and Friday. Yeah. Like you said, the Warriors snapped their streak at 17 or 18. It was, Yeah. um, And I'm not going to put any other caveat in it. I'm not going to talk about what they're going to look like, you know, with possible trades or with Clay coming back. Right now, the Suns are the best team. And I'm with you for all the reasons that you said. I I love what Otto Porter's done for for Golden State. Iggy's fit in there like he always does. They're obviously unbelievable. But now Booker's hurt right now. I, I don't know how long he's out, but... The way Chris Paul is playing and all those other pieces, they've just gotten better. And the Suns are – they look so hungry after losing the finals last year, man.
0: Yeah, they they do, which is what I really want to, wanted to see. And then talk about one of the best teams in the East, the Chicago Bulls. And, um, I mean, what are they, the number one seed right now?
1: They're a half a game behind Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. So they're basically – they're fighting for the number one seed And I think that they can hold this up for the rest of the year, and that they are a championship contender. Given DeRozan's taken like another step forward, and he was great with San Antonio. San Antonio just sucked around him. Levine has bought in. the The perimeter defense is incredible. I I like everything that I see about this team. Me too.
1: Um, They've beaten my Nets twice. They need one more piece. Yeah, I think so. What What does that piece need to be for you? What do you think?
0: I think it needs to be like a, I hate to say this because I feel like everybody says this, a 3 and D like small forward kind of guy.
1: I think you're right.
0: Or may, and maybe some big man help, but you don't need a big, you have Vucevic. Um, you don't need a big man to, to, to anchor your starting lineup. You just need somebody that's going to give you minutes, like an Ed Davis from back in the day.
1: Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need somebody who's going to come off the bench. I mean, honestly, if you look at a team like Brooklyn, like I, they just need somebody like almost like a um, like a James Johnson or a Paul Millsap type. Like. Yeah. Can you come play six fouls 12 to fifteen minutes? Yeah, and and also get me a couple buckets and somebody play good defense for me. That's all I need. Yeah. Um, I watched them play my net Saturday after I was happy with the Bama game and. Tom I you can't have, have it all had, bro. Well, you can't have it all. I can't all in have one day. it all, but <laughs> I was just unbelievably impressed with DeRozan. He went back and forth shot for shot with Durant. Now both times the Nets have lost to the Bulls were on second half back to backs but that's no excuse for taking anything away from Chicago. And I just love how this team fits. Like they just fit each other all so well. they clearly love playing with each other. Billy Donovan's done an exceptional job as a head coach. And I don't think that this is a fluke. This is a a team that's going to be one of the top three or four seeds in the conference this year. And they're going to have a wide-open East, barring anything crazy changing with the Kyrie situation or in big nets trade. And obviously we know what Giannis and the Bucks are capable of. I think you can make just as good of an argument for the Bulls right now as you could for anybody else.
0: No doubt about it. Who is your MVP?
1: So right now it's a four in the discussion you've got Durant, you got Curry, you got Jokic. Am I missing anybody?
0: It's three, maybe Giannis Paul. DeRozan.
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Katie's the I'm gonna say Katie or Curry right now. I'll pick
0: and, one. I'm picking Curry. So you right, can say Katie.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna pick Katie.
0: You could say your boy. Yeah, I mean, listen, either way, you're not going to lose. KD's been holding up the nets. I mean, the guy is a smooth 32 with great defense. And Curry has just elevated this team where we thought they would be probably next year or the year after. I mean, he's he's incredible. Um, the guy doesn't age. Uh, and he's doing stuff that, I mean, I feel like we didn't even see during his MVP seasons. I think his numbers are even better this year.
1: They, oh, they are.
0: And uh, I think Curry they're. wins it, honestly. If he keeps swapping what he's doing, I think Curry wins it.
1: The voters are going to want to give it to Curry, and I would not be mad about that at all.
0: Um, I wouldn't be mad about a KD MVP either. The guy, I know he's a little introverted, and, and sometimes he's a little fuck you to the media, but he's one of the probably ten best basketball players ever.
1: I think just the appreciation. I think it's finally starting to seep into everybody who follows the league of how incredible it is of what he's doing coming off that Achilles.
0: I mean, he he wasn't even appreciated. he He wasn't even appreciated enough before that. That's the problem.
1: Right. Well, you know, especially when he went to golden state, that pretty much took away every bit of let's enjoy him for what he is. Because, He's so, you know, he didn't need to be there. If you're so great, go win somewhere else. But Mm -hmm. the way this Nets situation has kind of turned up, Tom, with with Kyrie leaving them high and dry and Harden not hitting his stride completely yet outside of maybe a handful of really good vintage Harden games, I mean, Kevin, this is Kevin Durant's team. I mean, he does not have the help that we thought he was going to have. Right? No. He's, he's willing and carrying this team. I mean, it took everything it took to beat the uh, Timberwolves the other night before they played the Bulls, and Durant had the final 12 points in the game. And it's just like it, the Nets would be an absolute cluster right now if, if Durant wasn't there. So this is definitely his team, and, and maybe the writers will, will give a nod to that.
0: I hope so, no doubt about it. Yeah, anything else my friend? Anything good going on?
1: Not much man. I mean, definitely, you know, now sports is going to calm down a little bit with college football not till uh, New Year's Eve. So, I got to find something to do. I got to watch the most recent episode of Curb. Mm. Um and trying to think, got some holiday parties coming up. There you um, go. And careful of that new variant. Else. Yeah, I know, seriously. And then a little bit I think some live music planned too to go see the next few weeks. So nice should be good down here. Weather's been perfect, so I'll take <laughs> it. How about you?
0: Hey man, just uh, just hanging in there. Uh, I'm almost done with the wire. Uh, great show. I wouldn't put it in my number one spot, though. Honestly, I'd put it in the top five, but it ain't number one. Uh, uh,
1: is it past Sopranos for you, or is Sopranos better? No, nah, it probably
0: Everybody. goes Breaking Bad one, Sopranos two. Mad Men 3, The Wire 4, um, and then every other show that I think is good, 5.
1: (laughs) A 10-way tie for 5th.
0: Yes, yes. That's like very interchangeable, kind of like my favorite artists. Um, But yeah, I'm almost done with that, which means then I can go back to Succession because I'm just ripping through that right now. I'm very committed to it. Then I can go back to Succession and watch Curb because I have some catching up to do on that. But you know what? I, I can definitely slow it down because there's going to be a whole long summer. Um, That's right. You know, any rainy day during the summer or, or a day where I'm tired, I can just watch TV. I don't have to watch baseball anymore. And honestly, Sean, this baseball thing is a blessing because now you will have plenty of time, even on weeknights,
1: Absolutely. to go play some golf. Ah, you went the golf route. Um, yes, uh, the nights that I don't close, yeah, for sure. Um the baseball thing could open up a lot of different things. I mean, it could obviously, be a good thing, buddy. It could be a good thing. Broaden the horizons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I usually find my way to go do some fun stuff here anyway because there's just so much to do. But as far as like a real hobby, yeah, I, it would be it would be interesting and just get you down here and actually i could actually play around with you i have i don't have a lot of people down here i actually had a lot of people up there counting yourself that played i don't know a lot of people down here that have played at least i haven't met them yet so yeah, um, gotta start somewhere gotta start somewhere um and it would be a great opportunity to watch a lot more shows which obviously i suck at uh, what do you got going on in the next couple weeks before the holidays man is uh your schedule busy at all is the is the variant up there scaring people away from doing stuff what what's going on um
0: i mean the variant isn't really mentioned much up here I, i've i'm aware of it obviously but i don't know it's like status quo with covid uh i don't know try and keep the mask you. on and whatever um tr- i i i gotta get the booster aside from that i mean are you getting know. that soon Yeah, I scheduled it, but then I realized that uh, I didn't have my card on me, and I didn't want to have to go through that whole thing. So I went home, got my card. Um, When I'm out in Long Island, it seems like they're just handing out boosters there, so I may just schedule it one day when i got nothing to do out there.
1: There you go. That would be a good way to start. Just be careful, because if it uh, it knocks you out the way a lot of people have said it knocks them out, you might... uh we definitely won't schedule a pod for that night.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll have to do it on a, I'll have to do it on a Monday and then let the let it hit me on the Tuesday.
1: That's right, exactly. Um, but no, man, that's good. Yeah, it's basically the same thing here. Uh, I haven't really deviated from the pocket of people that I hang out with, and then obviously going to work, it's very there. So it's um, it's pretty much just the same. Uh, we were in this for almost two years now.
0: Crazy to think, man.
1: Crazy to think, but we'll be back Wednesday because we got to recap a pretty wild week uh, thirteen in the NFL.
0: Yeah, we definitely do, and I'm looking forward to that, man.
1: Me too. Um, unfortunately, we're gonna have to talk about our teams, the teams that look like they're playing in 1999 while everyone else is playing in 2021. But we're gonna yes. we're gonna fight through it. But hey, and, listen, uh,
0: if if the season ended today. The Jets would have, I believe, the number three and four pick, and the Giants would have five and six.
1: That's what it was last week. I'll have to I'll have to check. I mean, I don't think much has changed. Seattle Um,
0: won, but it didn't make a difference.
1: They won, but not you know. There's enough other teams. The Chicago lost for me. So we'll get into all of that recap a game from tonight in just wild conditions in Buffalo, and before we know it, we're we're into week 14.
0: Yes, sir. All right, bro. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Talk to you then. Later.